This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Happy Thanksgiving, traders, and welcome to another episode of the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step Trader. I'm Jack, the content manager, here to put everything in context. Unless you stumbled upon this program using some sort of podcast shuffling device, you already know that this is the show where we talk about markets, futures, forex, and trading psychology with some of the best in the industry. Today, we have a very special guest. He was a partner at RM Trading before dedicating his life completely to fitness. That's right, our guest today is absolutely ripped, a fact I can attest to, because when he shook my hand earlier, I thought he was going to crush my fingers. He is none other than Mr. Keith Morton. Since he finished his trading career, he's been a partner at Citywide Superslow since 2002. That's a gym that has a very innovative approach to working out, which I'm sure that Keith and Jeff will discuss during the interview. Remember, becoming a successful trader requires discipline of both body and mind. So I really hope that you give this a listen. Plus, if you're like me, you could probably use a few high-intensity workouts to counteract the 12,000 calories you'll be consuming today. I'll be back at the end for a little bit of housekeeping, and also to remind you that Top Step Trader and Top Step FX are offering 3-for-2 reset bundles between now and December 9th. Be sure to stop by the Top Step website to learn more about that. In the meantime, please enjoy today's Limit Up interview between Jeff Carter and Keith Morton. Welcome to another edition of the Top Step Trader Limit Up podcast. My name is Jeff Carter. You can find me online at pointsandfigures.com and Twitter at pointsandfigures. And just a little side note, I'm running a GoFundMe project right now to raise money for the Unknown Soldier to name a room at the World War II Museum. And you can find that on the GoFundMe site. And I'd appreciate any donation. Today, we have Keith Morton. Welcome to the program, Keith. He is from citywidesuperslow.com in Chicago. We're going to talk about trading and fitness and maybe some other topics that may come up. Welcome to the program, Keith. Thanks. Nice to be here. Yeah. So, Keith, um, you were a trader in your prior life. I was. And what did you trade? Treasury bonds in the pit. You were in the pit. Were you a scalper or spreader? Or scalper. What? In and out. In and out, yes. Okay. So the top step trader people, a lot of them are in and out type traders. Why did you start trading? Uh, the freedom. A bunch of friends of mine uh, were doing it, and it was exciting, and, and it provided a lot of liberty and fixed hours. And I said, what the hell? I'll go down and try it. What were you doing before that? I was a mortgage banker. You're a mortgage banker. And I was a relatively successful mortgage banker. So when I stepped foot in the pits, I said, what the heck did I do? <laughs> How did you educate yourself on the market? Just flailed away. There Just was, flailed in away. those days, there was no training. You got, right. here's your jacket, here's your cards going down there. Right. And then I was petrified. Were you a singer-winger guy, backed by singer? I or? was uh, Henry Shacken. Henry Shacken? Yes. Hank? Yep. For those that don't know, Hank Shacken is like a legendary guy at the Board of Trade. True legend. Yeah. And and from I've never met him, but I hear he's a sweetheart still, of a he's, guy. He's a sweetheart. He's ninety two now. It's it's what's ironic is a very good friend of mine. Their father, her father, was partners with Shacken. Really, Who? Ben Rose. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and uh, he's passed away a long time yeah. ago. But anyway, so when you were a trader, super stressful. Yep. You ran marathons. I did. Why did you run marathons? 
in in those days back when I was trading, exercise was some some was good, more is better. You should always do more. And what and what year and what year are we talking? We're talking about in the eighties. Eighties, okay. Okay, so I was uh, major into exercise because I thought it was doing good. Uh, I thought I was doing good things for myself. Plus, I would leave the pit. I was definitely what you would call uh, tension and and a lot of um, we'll call it stress. And running and training was was a in my mind a way to alleviate the stress. Yeah. So okay, and and it was a physical job. Very, not like, very physical. Not I used like to today. S- used to smell like the guy next to me. <laughs> it, it was well, pretty miserable. Hell hopefully, hole. he had some Paco yes. Rabanne on or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like today, you're sitting at a desk and you're pointing and clicking and looking at charts, and I mean, it's it's mental today. So much more physical. elegant. Yeah, isn't it? Was, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You can do it in your pajamas. Correct. Although I guess some guys would have done it in their pajamas if they would have let them on the floor. Right. And so. This marathoning thing was like, I mean, how many marathons did you run? And I how only, often did I, you I work out? I didn't run that many marathons. I only ran three. Yeah. But I trained, I used to run about 30 to 40 miles a week. So I did a lot of pounding 30, all over the world. 30 to 40 a week. Yes. I used to run. And if everywhere I was all over, again, some is good, more is better. Yeah. So that's like six to eight miles a day. Yeah. Um, with a couple of days off, one day off. Yes. Wow. And I ran hard. Very, very hard. What, like how fast? Uh, I used my best uh, marathon was three eighteen, and my best ten k was thirty nine. Wow! So that's so, moving. Yeah, yeah, it's that's moving. Mm-hmm. That's moving. And you don't run at all anymore. I don't do a shred of cardio anymore. I haven't done cardio in twenty years. Why? Because because um, cardio is so good. For, you hear about it all the time. I got to do my cardio. You do hear about it all the time, and and you know, again, we have an iconoclastic approach to exercise, and it took me a while to buy into it, but we don't believe that cardio does anything positive for you. You know, most people lean on it. They they lean on it for two things. They say, I do it for my head or I do it for my heart. Right. And once you begin to realize that excess exercise doesn't do much for you physically, it doesn't help your head. Yeah. And for as far as your heart, it doesn't really do very much for your heart. Therefore, you know, we kind of believe that exercise should be brief, intense, infrequent, and very safe. Uh-huh. That's kind of unique. That is different. So, yeah, because you hear about like, you'll see it on Twitter, like these workout fanatics or, you know, ultra marathoning has yeah. become a thing in the last 10 years. Yeah. I know people that will go out and run a hundred miles over really tough terrain right. in one race. You see um, a lot of people doing triathlons, which is, you know, swimming, biking, running, um, Ironmans, which is, you know, a crazy those are wonderful um, activities yeah. if as long as you don't mind beating the heck out of your body and there's but let's just not call it for health. You're right. not doing that for health, you're doing it as some kind of a recreation and that's fine. Yeah. You know, basketball is a very tough sport on your body, but right. it's fun. A recreation's right. great. Right. Let's not call it healthy. Let's right. not call it a workout because it's not brief, intense, infrequent or safe. Right. And when I say brief, I mean it should be 15 to 20 minutes. It should be unbelievably intense. We should be able to you should be able to work out to failure. We call it success through failure. Extremely intense. It should be infrequent because you've made a change. You've affected your body and you have to give it time to adapt. And that takes days, sometimes a week. Mm-hmm. And finally, it should be safe. So at any age, you can work out really, really hard mm-hmm. without a fear of injury. So talk about working out and trading. So trading can be very high stress. Yes. 
um, a lot of anxiety, right? Yes. For me, trading, you know, it's not only the dollars and cents and, you know, I got to do these numbers and, you know, look at this chart and the, the intellectual, but it's, it's, it's the mental stuff when you're in a trade to hang on to it and, and work with that. How does working out help you with that? Well, first of all, being in quote shape is wonderful for you psychologically. Now, however you get there, whatever you think, you feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. And from a trading standpoint, you need confidence. You need you need to feel good about yourself. And when you're in shape, and when you've uh, worked hard or whatever, you you feel you feel like you know you can climb a mountain. And that's a very useful thing for confidence when you when you trade. It's also you know it's is it a stress release? Yes. It's a stress release. I used to do it way too much, and then the stress came to me that I had to work out every day. Yeah. Okay. So once you begin to confine it, it's even better. So let's talk about the difference between your workout and if I went to a typical gym and lifted weights. What's the difference? Okay. In, in a typical gym, first of all, most people don't go to what we call failure. They quit. They do 10 reps and set the weight down. They say, I'm going to do three sets three of sets 10. Three sets of 10. And right. then, well, I did my 10. I set it down. I did my 10. I set it down. I use right. the same weight. I walk in. I grab the same dumbbells every single time, do right. it again and again. And that's it. They never experience a, what we call a very deep inroad into the body. The idea strength training and fitness comes from stimulating the body to make a change. And then that changing comes over the next few days as you recover. Most people never experience that. They grab a weight and they just kind of throw it around. And but that's I, it. I'm sore. You, you can be a little sore. Right. You're probably not as sore as you would be if you made this deep inroad that I'm talking about. It's a much more efficient. And here's the most important thing. It's safe. You know, when I was 30 years old, I could do anything. And if I hurt myself two days later, I was fine. Yeah. When you start to approach 40 and you start to pass 40 and approach 50, yeah. all of a sudden the aches and pains don't go away. Right. So safety becomes really, really important. Right. So your your program is all done on machines. Yes, because machines are safer. Yeah. Plus, it's easier to run. I mean, yeah, but it's harder but, to but, change weights. But if you're the doing most plates. important the most important reason is you're kind of locked into a seat. It's really hard to get hurt, and I don't care how old you are. Right. Okay. Interesting. And then you work to failure. How long? Does a typical like I'm going to bench press on the machine, right? Mm -hmm. So you can go to the gym and bench press on the machine. How do you know what weight to put, and how long is a typical exercise? Well, what we do in our facility is we use stopwatches. We don't we don't uh, keep track of reps. So we shoot for a weight that somebody can do about a minute and a half to two minutes. But we're always challenging that person. So the the idea is that every time they come in, they try to add time. Go from 137 to 142, and as they hit two minutes, we raise the weights. So we're constantly pushing to add time or weight every single time they come in, every time, always harder. There's no such thing as an easy workout. There's no such thing as I just, you know, went along. By adding weight, so if you're doing loose weights, I can add, you know, two and a half pounds or five pounds or 10, Mm -hmm. whatever, because the plates are that. Yes, and if I'm using a machine in a typical gym, typical machine, you know, it, it goes up by fives or tens. We, use, we, have, we have micro changes. We can use two pounds. 
So, you can go so you, two pounds. In theory, you barely notice it. Right. But, you know, if you added two pounds a month, it's 24 pounds in a year. It becomes right. a lot of weight. That's right. the idea. Right. Just slowly creep it up. And the typical exercise is one to two minutes? Uh, one and a half to two minutes. One and a half to two minutes. Okay. And what happens to the muscle in the one and a half to two minutes? Well, again, you know, we make this deep inroad. We, we t- in, in effect, you do what we call good damage to it. Right. The idea is to do good damage and then let it heal, come back stronger. Is there studies online that people yes. could look? Yes, lots. Like where would you, where, how would I search for it on a well, search you engine? Could, first of all, you know, you could look into high intensity training, which is called HIT. It's HIT, high H- intensity high training. High intensity strength training. You could look up super slow uh-huh. and you begin to see why we do what we do. We go super okay. slow. What does super slow mean? Super slow means we go 10 seconds up, 10 seconds down. That is really slow when you're doing an exercise and we do it that slow. For two reasons, and the first one is it's harder. When people are throwing weights around, they're using momentum. We don't use any momentum, so the idea is to make it really, really hard. But the other thing is it's safe. Again, if you're doing yeah. a chest press and your shoulders are bothering you, you push it out and you go, you know, my shoulder hurts, we stop. We didn't create an injury. Usually people come in with injuries, but we don't create it. But so, it's, the thing is 10 seconds up, 10 seconds down, I mean, if you really think about 10 seconds – it's a long time. Like, look at a basketball game. You can score a lot of points in 10 seconds. Well said. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Because most people just go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, exactly. right? Exactly. And that, that was really about two seconds when I just Correct. did that. You want to go really slow and completely take momentum out of it. Uh-huh. You know, the, people are focused on how many reps they can do. The idea is to make this deep, deep inroad into the body, affect it as hard as you possibly can. We teach people how to do it. You don't walk in off the street generally and are able to do that. Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit of practice, not much. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea is to learn how to work out really, really hard. And so you've combined that with intermittent fasting. I have. I've been intermittent fasting for a long time. It's That's been, a really trendy thing now. No, I see, it, I see yeah. it a lot. You know, you see keto, you yep. see intermittent fasting. We're getting into the Thanksgiving, Christmas uh, thing where people yep. always are like worried about putting on a bunch of weight. And then, of course, January 1st, everybody goes on a diet. The Correct. gym is full January 1st. Talk about like what's intermittent fasting. Well, well first of all, I think exercise is a terrible way to try to lose weight. People try to do it. They try to... They try to run a lot of miles or do a lot of cardio or whatever to try to lose a couple of ounces of weight. And then they, that gives them a license to really eat. And, you know, again, once you, as you start to mature and your body matures, it's very, very hard to burn, quote, burn off calories. So you have to use some kind of a um, control of your diet. Now, my, But I could just eat less calories. You could, except for the fact that uh, the beautiful thing about intermittent fasting is that the way the theory goes is that you're not producing insulin. You go a number of hours without uh, digestion or producing insulin. In other words, in theory, you burn up your glycogen and you get to your fat. And you burn up your glycogen somewhere between 14, 15 hours, 16 hours, and then you get to your body fat. So by not eating often, you aren't digesting, aren't producing insulin. Your body kind of rests from that. So it's really a much better and a more natural way to eat. I don't. We don't believe that humans ever had this luxury of three meals a day. That's kind of a, a modern invention. Uh-huh. Normally, you'd get a kill, you'd gorge, and who knows when the next one's going to come. Right. And so if I remember my high school biology, and this is going back a long way for me, so basically to convert glycogen in the muscle, it's the ADP 
that's getting pretty sexy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah right. So that's so. a that's a that's a thing that happens inside the muscle. Mm-hmm. How does the interplay of insulin affect sort of that uh, chemical transition inside well, you know, the I'm, muscle? I'm not claiming that I'm a biologist, but, right? But but what I what I will claim is. Look, most of America is fat. Why are they fat? Well, they, well, you could say, well, they eat lousy food. Right. Yes, I think they eat lousy food, but there's a lot of people that don't eat lousy food and they're still fat. Yeah. And I contend that that's got to do with meal timing. The concept of breakfast is the most important meal of the day was, I believe, was invented by Kellogg's, and you can imagine why they uh, <laughs> yeah. came up with that idea. Yeah. It's a terrible philosophy. Uh-huh. We should eat less often. And when you eat less often you tend to get full faster. You learn how to manage. It's a very natural thing to be hungry once in a while. Right. In America, you can't go six minutes without, I got I, I to go pick up a bar, I'm hungry. You know, no, learn how to manage it a little bit. It goes away. Yeah. And so intermittent fasting, how long does it take for the body to adapt to that? Because now people say, I'm not going to eat. And your body says, I'm hungry. It takes a little bit of practice I always tell tell people when if if anybody was a cigarette smoker, when they quit smoking cigarettes, the first day they get a headache or they don't feel so great. Yeah, that doesn't mean you should keep smoking. Well, it's the same thing when you get used to not eating all day. It takes a little bit of practice, and you get used to it, so you adjust. Used to, I personally eat one meal a day. I generally generally eat between four to six. I call that my feeding window. Um, but you know, some people start out at noon. So the idea is to make it to noon. And not eat, and then you make it to one, yeah. and you narrow your feeding window. And, and a narrow feeding window is wonderfully healthy. And then what does it do to your body chemistry? So I'm thinking in terms of traders. My partner uh, with West Loop Ventures does intermittent fat. He feels like it makes him sharper. It does without question. You know, how many, why? How many why, times? Why well, chemically because, does because it Because do the digestion process is fatiguing. You know, when people have lunch, what do they want to do? They want to take a siesta. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. So when you eat less, you have more energy. So it's it's absolutely it's a wonderful thing to say. That stay makes sharp. no sense because you know you, you were everybody when you were talking is like eat then you get energy. Food is energy. So then why do people always take a nap afterwards? Why yeah. are they always tired? Mm-hmm. Why were they tired? Thanksgiving. You think everybody's going to have a lot of energy after Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Well, that's the that's the chemical in the turkey. Right? Of course, it is the tri- tryptophan <laughs> or whatever. Right? Yes. <laughs> No, eating less often is a wonderful and then, thing if you never strength train. If I want to cut weight by using intermittent fasting, what should I be eating? Well. Because, I mean, French fries. Can I eat French fries? And because, like, if you go to the keto thing, they've got one thing. If you go to the zone, that's another diet that's been around for a long time. Yep. You got these cleanses. Yep. There's, like, so much noise in the diet area. There's a lot of opinions in this area. There are. You know, we're getting away from exercise, but the fact is, right. is that you know, I have my own personal opinions, and it's come from years of study with no degree, but a lot of study. And I contend that the two most important things you can do, just two things that you can do, they're huge, and that is create a narrow feeding window and don't eat sugar, not a bite. No I, sugar. I haven't had a bite of sugar since um, – December of 2016. Wow. Now, when I say not a bite of sugar, that doesn't mean there's not some hidden in a, in a sauce. Sure. But right. I haven't had a piece of candy, a piece of cake, a candy bar. Right. I haven't had a Coke. I haven't had right. anything. Nothing that's got direct sugar. What about sugar. fake sugar? I try to- um, So like 
uh, I can't pronounce it. Es- I'm from Chicago, so I don't speak the English language really well. Aspartamine or what? Aspartame is, you know, is, yes. But there's there's studies that say that that fools your body and you produce insulin. Look, nobody's going to say aspartame is healthy. I mean, which would I rather have, aspartame or sugar? I'd rather have aspartame. Do I want to have much of it? No. Yeah. I got the 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 problem that I'm a Jewish guy raised on food, okay, <laughs> and I don't want to be a Buddhist monk. So yeah. how am I going to be in great shape, be right. lean, and and dance in that thing? Well, the way I do it is 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 that I have my indulgences, but there are certain things that I'm religious about. One is is I rarely would ever eat before noon, and the other one is I never have a bite of sugar. Right, and that's that. So if I end up with uh, you know I have to diet coke once in a while, I do. It's not yeah. great. I'm not proud of it. Right. I hate to confess it. But, sure. Right. Well, that's okay. But I mean, cream in your coffee. But I will there's say some that, sugar in cream. Uh, there isn't. No? No. No sugar and cream? There's it's no sweet. Sugar. Nope. There's no sugar and cream. Oh, wow. So I, but I, um, you know, I'm I'm getting older. It's, you know, I'm yeah. approaching 70. Right. And to be lean and strong as I approach 70 to me is a big deal. So how many years have you been doing uh, super slow weights combined with intermittent fasting? Uh, well, I opened our gym before... I got into intermittent fasting. I've been intermittent fasting for 11 years, and our facility's been open 17 years. 17. I've been doing super slow as an exercise uh, protocol for 20 years now. How did you discover it? Because you were in East. That's a good question. So for people people that are not from Chicago, um, you know, you got health clubs all over, but probably the most famous one is the East Bank Club. I think you were a member. Yes. I was a charter member. Yeah. Day it opened, December 15th, 1980. Right. Hours and I met guys, ran hours and hours and hours of exercise. Right. You know, Is that so, where you discovered super slow? No. I no. was working out hours and hours and hours. And I was in 1998, I was in an airport. Yeah. And I picked up a magazine. I started reading about HIT, which is high intensity training. And it led me to super slow. And I started reading about it. And I thought that was interesting. And I ended up um, that I found out I could have phone consultations with gurus around the country. So I. I would hire them and, in effect, to talk to me in an hour. And I talked to no internet, hour. no real internet no, connectivity back no. then, right? So then I, I, I call up a guy and he says, Well, tell me about your workout. And I said, Well, I run a bunch of miles and I weightlift. And he said, Well, the first thing I want you to do is take two weeks off, which I hadn't done in 25 years. Wow. And uh, then I want you to quit running. And I said, Are you crazy? Right. No chance. But I ended up starting to implement this concept of 10 seconds up, 10 seconds down. And in March of 2000, I was running in Palm Springs, and my hips were killing me. I was the fattest I ever was, and it was a terrible thing. And I'm saying, like, well, this isn't how I'm supposed to end up. I'm supposed to be in great shape. Right. And I decided, I said, you know what? April of 2000, I'm going to take that month, and I'm going to try what this guy said. I'm going to work out once and take five days off. Uh-huh. And that was the rest is history. I, I It changed my life. I got trimmer. All my pains went away. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I recognized that there wasn't a facility in Chicago. Right. And I said, I'm going to open one of these. Right. And, and, and so that's how, Citywide Super Slow. And that's how we got to Citywide Super Slow. And so that's in Chicago. Are there other high-intensity places no. around yes. the country and world? Yes. So you, yes. You, you, how would you find them? You have to, that's, a, that's a Google. You have to look under high-intensity yeah. training or Super Slow. But okay. they're, they're in most of the major cities. There's a lot of opportunities in places that they're not. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. And but, then- you know, it's funny because I see like, you know, because I'm a venture capitalist, you see a lot of deal flow. And there's a lot of like, for instance, my daughter works for um, a company out of um, L.A. called Fit On, 
where people do like video training or you have Peloton and you have all these sort of high tech ways to spread fitness. Yes. I'm, I'm putting it, my fingers yeah. up in quotes. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that's specializing in high intensity training that way? How would you do that? You know, there's, there's, look, these things are sexy. You know, you want to have a computer screen and it shows an arrow or whatever. But this, this, from a pure substance standpoint, the idea is to exercise to failure. Now, that can be done doing chin-ups. What does failure mean? Failure means that you can't move it one more inch. And what we do in our case is that once you can't move it, we fight with it for at least 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. That's, that's failure. Most people never really experience failure because if you're only going to do your 10 reps and set the weight down, you never got to the meat of the exercise, the part that does the best, the right. deepest inroad is that last rep or two that you could have done that you didn't do. Right. So we go to failure on every exercise. Interesting. And Success through failure. And another thing that I've, because I do a lot of yoga that's interesting is your body position makes a difference. Yeah. Um, and how the weight hits the different muscle groups in your body, right? So, yes. for instance, today my wife worked out and um, she said, the trainer told her, hey, squeeze your butt together because you're not getting into your biceps on a bicep machine. And so when she when she tightened up her gluteus maximus, <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> she's going to kill me if she listens to this, um, doing curls, bicep curls, all of a sudden she felt the pressure in her biceps. And it was just a simple Funny how that works. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. Um Yeah, we all but use But unless our, you know that, you well, know, we use you know. little tricks to try yeah. to get us to be able to put out more. But but again, it's all about the same thing to get to the promised land, you must exercise intensely. And most almost the entire population doesn't understand that. What is walking on a treadmill for 45 minutes? I'm going to turn on CNBC. I'm going to watch the stock market. I'm going to walk on a treadmill for 45 minutes. Wow, I did my my workout. Mm-hmm. And those are the people, whenever I see them, they're the most deconditioned, weakest people that you could possibly ever have. Why? Because they're doing an activity that they're calling exercise, but it's not brief, it's not intense, it's not infrequent, right. and it's probably not safe. Right. Well, I mean, it's pretty funny. Like I had a friend that, he did a lot of Ironmans and it was like a true commitment in his life. It, right. it I mean, it ruined, you can, and it was marriage. like, yeah. And it, like, he didn't see his kids because yes. he was constantly training to mm. do this Ironman yep. thing um, where this super slow thing sounds like you're talking about 30 minutes a week. You should be able to commit to that and like do it. Right. I mean, we, we have, we have captains of industry. We have the busiest people in the, in Chicago we have all kinds of people. They somehow find 20 minutes to work out yeah. once a week. Let's say there's no super slow by mm-hmm. me. Yep. And I want to do this. How do I self-administer super slow? It's, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to do without having somebody with you. You can go to YouTube and you can see some super slow videos and you can see how it's done. The challenge and the hard part is to get that last rep or two out that are, is the most meaningful. And you have to push yourself mentally when yeah, you're by man, yourself. It's so hard to do that, yes. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think, that's the, I think that's a really tough thing. When I was a trader, yeah. it would have been wonderful to just have a fixed amount of time, show up on one day, hit it as hard as I could, and now I'm done. Yeah. If I thought I was handling exercise like that, then I could actually do what a lot of guys I know did. They went home and went on the couch. 
Yeah. <laughs> that would be yeah. refreshing instead of always dragging my ass to uh, a health club and run a bunch of miles yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And it's funny because I haven't run in years, but it's because my back was so shitty. And not a you know, single. I used to run. I bike. With, I, used I to like run, to bike. I used to run with a herd of guys, really good yeah. runners. I wasn't one of the best, but I was decent. But there were some really good runners. Every one of them is not running today. Most of them have fake hips, fake knees, yeah, bad backs. What? How is that a positive thing? So, how about your golf game? Does it help your golf game? It does. <laughs> Uh, it does. It does. I I hit the ball less short yeah. than, I, than I would have. Yeah. Yes. And muscle control. So running doesn't really give you muscle memory or muscle control like uh, um, a a sport like tennis or golf or something like that. Well, we separate exercise from recreation. Yeah. You know, re- tennis, golf, all these things are they're they're great. They're rec- they recreation. Right. If the wife wants to go on a bike ride, we jump on a on a bike and we go for a ride. What, yeah. What 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 super slow and strength training does it gives you functional ability. It enhances any activity that you take up. You like to ride a bike, great. It's it, I don't call it bike riding exercise because it's not brief, intense, and frequent or safe. Right. But it might be fun. Right. And you know we we do these we we want to we want to be able to recreate but what we want really as we get older and older is to have the ability to do whatever activity we want to do. I'm a passionate golfer. I want to play golf deep into my nineties. Yeah, I want people and break ninety. I, I want to be and break ninety. <laughs> I want to be a decent golfer at ninety. Right. And the only way to do that is build and preserve the muscle that I have. Interesting. So. If you're trading, I mean, I think one of the things that I always found trading myself was if you had a release outside of trading where it made you more fit, um, you traded better. You want to feel good about yourself in every way that you possibly can. Because it's, I think one of the things about trading is there's so many little demons that try to pick at your confidence and self-confidence. And if you can overcome them, I mean, there's physical ways to do it and mental ways to do it. And- when you combine them, that's interesting. Um, intermittent fasting would have been interesting on the trading floor. Wouldn't it have been? Yes, I would have liked it too. I would have liked all this stuff. Because then. I would, you know, back then, you know, you'd wake up. I woke up at 5 in the morning to get downtown. I got downtown. I would have some coffee. And then we would always break and go eat breakfast at like 9.30-ish. Mm-hmm. And then you come back for a little bit. And then maybe you go to lunch. And then you come back for the close. The close happened at two in the bonds. Your dollars was two. Right. Hogs was one. Yep. S and P's was three fifteen. And then you went and did whatever. I would think if I was trading hogs today because it was open nine to one. I don't know. It w- would have been tough not to have breakfast maybe before the. You just open. get used to it. Yeah. It's just you know. I'm it's, thinking it's myself. A, yeah. I mean, I had breakfast every morning back then, but yeah. as I look back, there was no reason to. Yeah, I don't eat it now. Really. Yeah. Um, interesting. Interesting. Well, thank you very much for coming on the program. It's great to be here, and thanks for having me. Yeah, your website is citywideSuperslow dot com. You're in the Lincoln Park area of Chicago. If so, if you're local to Chicago and you want to go work out with Keith, you can. Um, and then if I want to find it online, I look for high intensity training and Super read about it. Yeah. yeah. Good. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks. See ya. Traders. Thank you for making it to the terminal node of the limit up podcast presented by top step trader. If you liked what you heard, please uh, rate and subscribe this podcast on iTunes and or Spotify and or wherever else you might be listening to it. 
And be sure to join our members-only Facebook group. It's super exclusive, and uh, it's a great place to bounce ideas off of each other. Also, be sure to read our Top Step blog if you thirst for even more knowledge about trading. And a quick reminder, we are also offering three for the price of two reset bundles between now and December 9th. So if you're someone that likes saving money, I strongly recommend checking out the Top Step Trader or Top Step FX websites. We'll be back next week as usual with a brand new episode. So in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. Namaste and trade well. This episode produced by Dante32. Futures in Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.